When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode will be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Can you say, Josh Widdicombe? Can you say Rob Beckett? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've got to be quite sensitive here, but it, is he is he hitting something or does, is he growling like a mad dog? <laughs> I, I, I can't put this any more sensitively, but is he a mad dog? Yeah, is, is your child a demon? <laughs> a demon from Ghostbusters? <laughs> is, is your child the, the mad demon dog from Ghostbusters? Is that right? <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, so thanks very much. I mean, I assume he was hitting something, or is that is that how William sounds? I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to jump to our own conclusions. Happy birthday, William! Happy third birthday. Um, it's actually my daughter's birthday this week, Rob. Oh, third wow. birthday. Third birthday. What are you doing? You're going to invite what two people round? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to throw around the word loophole. Oh, Rob. go on. Yeah. But, it's only uh, guidance, remember? It's only guidance. It's only you're guidance. doing the you're doing the best thing for your child as a pe- the Cummings law. You are doing <laughs> what you think is best for your child, and if you think a hundred people at air jumps the best way forward, then go for it. I mean, the thing is, the people next door must be thinking they're they're building a very big marquee for six people. No, um, <laughs> she shares her birthday with two other children who are also three on the same day in her nursery. Oh, so. We're going to do birthday in the morning, but then she can go to nursery, and there's twenty kids there, so it's like they're having they're having oh, a party right. at nursery. So there's your loophole. Oh, what a loophole! So basically, because it's three kids, it's going to be party day. Yeah, it's party day at nursery. Oh, that's lovely. She have breakfast with them, presents and stuff, and off she goes. Off she goes. Lovely. No yeah. Zoom. No Zoom party. No Zoom party. I'm no, still she... waiting for those Zoom parties. I'll let you know how they go. Yeah. Um, once I've logged in. Um, and uh, a bit worried, though. I don't know if anyone that goes to my daughter's school listens to this. I'm going to have to tread carefully. That is a worry, isn't it? Surely it would spread like wildfire once they realise that someone is documenting their child's time at the school. Exactly. Well, it's the thing is, I think you've got to go two ways with this. You either don't talk about it at all, as a comedian, because you want to, you know, you either don't talk about it at all, or you do the Catherine Ryan approach, where you absolutely rinse everyone, and you are just isolated at the school gate. I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to tread carefully, but I haven't had too many. Uh, I mean, I've got I've got some beef that I could I'm not going to put on here. But oh, <laughs> I'd love to know that beef. We should do a charity special. We would just actually beef off everyone. Um, how's your week been? It's been all right. We converted to a, a big bed from cot. Oh, 
how did that go? Two nights were tough. Did she come into your bed or she just cry? You have to lay with her? What happened? Do you know what? This is the best thing, mate. She has literally no interest in our bed. Same here. Same. Not, not yours with mine. My kids with my bed. <laughs> That's great. Great news. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to let you in on a secret, Rob. I sat on it the other day. It's one of the hardest, least comfortable beds I've ever been on. But she doesn't know any better. No, so it's fine. She's lucky to have it. Exactly. So she's basically sleeping on a plank. But she doesn't realise that that's a problem. So I'm not going to tell her. What size bed did you go for? Just a single? Um, King. Because <laughs> no, we've got a double for our kids. Oh, yeah. Because basically they don't need bedroom space for a desk to work. So we've basically taken over most of their room with a double bed. Both of them, They've got a room each. Very lucky to have a room each. They've got a double bed in it. Because then when we have people to stay... We've got spare beds. Uh, Rather than good. putting your mate or cousin in a tiny little curl-up <laughs> car bed. So do they get lost in it? Well, not lost, but you know. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Have you, have, you, have you ever come in in the morning? It's taken an hour to find them. No, no, no. They don't get lost in it. But the beauty of the kids is they do grow. They do. That is one of the things about them. Oh, that's good news, though. She's, so she's sleeping in it well. So that's all right. Um... And we've more or less nailed potty training as well. Oh, mate. It's been, a, it's been a very big week. Through the night, yeah, or not? She wears nappies, but she doesn't really in do anything in them. And then she takes them straight off and puts them in the bin for us. Oh, excellent. We're still at, with the two-year-old, we're still at the stage of nappy in the night, bit of wee in it. But I'm yeah. in no rush to sort that out. That'll be fine. That'll go, no. wouldn't it? Once she, you know, she gets to uni. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> um but she'll be doing uni from home by now. By then, it'll be via Zoom, so it doesn't really matter. She can just sit there, piss herself on Zoom, and still learn. <laughs> and I think that's the future of our country's education. You can sit there with a nappy on at 18, shit and piss yourself, and still find out about fractions. Exactly, and pay nine grand a term for the thrill. Imagine going to uni to do maths. Fucking hell. <laughs> I know it happens, but imagine. I know it happens. I've heard it happens. I mean, year nine maths is mental, isn't it? And I it, lost... Oh. I was quite good at maths and I quite liked it when it was just sums. And then once it got into like trigonometry and they're trying to apply it to cake and you're like a ladder against a wall and you're like, this wouldn't fucking happen. Uh, The moment it became unlikely, count me out. I'm still furious. They never taught anyone how to do a self-assessment tax return. Like everyone in my fucking school has to do because they're all gas fitters and plumbers or comedians. Well, it's only me and Tom Adam, but you know what I mean? Well, that's quite a good percentage. Yeah, it is. How's your how's, how's your week been, Rob? Well, I've, I've had a weird week to, for a parenting podcast. It's because I've been away working for 11 days in a row. Blimey, that's a packed week. It's a massive, massive block, right? Yeah. And you know what's weird is when you've been away working and Lou had to sort of do it all, right, I come home and it's weird. You sort of, because she, she just did it on her own, I come back to sort of try and help, but I sort of get in the way and ruin it because she's got a system. Yeah. I'm sort of trying to help and then I'm sort of doing stuff. I'm doing it slightly wrong and the girls are like, oh no, but that's not how you do your out. I'm like, oh, Have you so been phased really out basically over 11 days? I that- feel like she's left me, but we're all in the house together. <laughs> and so you're trying to help and it gets a bit awkward. And then because I've been away working, I've not done any of my like house admin, life admin. And then she's not been able to do it either because she's been working. Out. So it's just a horrible catch up and everyone's oh. a bit like, so, but we, we've got a couple of days to sort of catch up and stuff. So it's quite, di- I don't know if anyone else gets that, but it's quite difficult to get back into the family routine yeah. when you've been away. And what's been difficult, I found, is I used to go to work as like, oh my God, I get a break. I'm so lucky. But now they're older and they're going to school and we don't actually see them that much in the day because they're at school and that. I've mi- I just miss them so much. And then when I come back, they're not here because they're at school and stuff. It's sort of a, a weird turning point where now work isn't, oh, I get a bit of a break. It's a, oh God, I'm really going to miss them. 
which when you're in the you know the midst of lockdown or when they're really young you can't ever imagine that yeah but like now I sort of and so it's like that work balance the work-life balance thing and I've been reading this book here called The Cost of These Dreams. You'll love it. The Cost of These Dreams. Yeah. So it's basically this uh, American journalist. And it's basically um, a collection of true stories about the dream of greatness and its cost in the world of sports. So all these oh, people, yeah. that, it's got like stories about Messi, Michael Jordan, and then also some like American college football coaches. Yeah. And about the balance of work and life, which I think everyone, obviously these guys are doing it to the extreme. But like everyone has that where you want to, do well at work and make sure everyone has a holiday and everything's paid. But you also got to be there for them. And anyway, I'm having that existential crisis on like day 10 of being away this, from home. Is this how you're announcing your retirement, Rob, live on the podcast? No, no, no. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm announcing the divorce. Uh, the fact that I don't want any access to the kids. I'm just going to focus on my dreams. No, so like, you know, the work life balance is all over the shop. Too much life, not enough work. <laughs> yeah, fuck the life off. Sorry, I've got to stop swearing. Get rid of the life. Anyway, so I was reading this. You know, you have those moments of like, oh, am I working too much? I'm not seeing the kids. I read this. It's one of those brutal passages I've ever read. Mm. But basically, this guy is an American. His name's, oh, I've got his name. He's um, Urban Mayer, one of the most successful coaches in American football, right? Basically, he's got four kids and he's just working all the time. And he keeps cancelling all their stuff. Anyway, his eldest daughter has just got a scholarship to play volleyball at a big college. And in America, they ha- they basically, it's all done in a big hall. And you do, basically, if you're getting this scholarship, it's such a big deal that you sign the contract and announce which college you're joining and you do a speech at the school and he tried to get out of it and his secretary who's got four kids went no you are going and so forced him to go anyway so there was about 80 or so people in the school cafeteria for this big announcement urban and his wife shelly joined their daughter at the front table watching anyway so his daughter Gigi stood and spoke she'd been nervous all day and with a room full of eyes on her she thanked her mother for being there season after season year after year this is in front of the whole school and all the teachers then she turned to her father he'd missed almost everything you weren't there she told him shelly his wife winced. Her heart broke for Urban, who sat with a thin smile, crushed. Moments later, Gigi high-fived her dad without making eye contact, then hugged her coach. Oh, oh my God. God. Imagine, imagine that, oh. that happening to you. Oh, my God. Your soul would leave your body. That is, oh. Do you know what? I feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But it turns out that he, what happened was he had a nervous breakdown, but then recovered, re- re- readdressed his balance and went back to manage for a couple of years and retired. So it was a happy oh, ending. That's nice. So um, so have you been doing a lot of high-fiving the daughters since you got back from your working for 11 days, Rob? I've, I've basically just been forcing them to play volleyball and watch them just in case. <laughs> just laying next to them in bed. I'm here. I'm there. I am here. <laughs> Yeah, sure, I wasn't here for 11 days, but I'm here now. But I just read that and I was like, oh my God, that is not, that is what I don't want to be. But it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to balance that up and make yeah. the right decisions. But, have you read, um, have you read uh, Lily Allen's autobiography, Rob? Oh my God, that, as a parent. That, that's some parenting right there from Keith Allen there, isn't it? Woo! And, and, and her mum as well. The, and her mum as well. The one where basically, you know, she she was at boarding school in like Devon or somewhere and yeah. we should try and get her on the podcast. She, she was at boarding school in Devon oh God, and love it. The, co- the, the coach would bring them all up from Devon to Royal Albert Hall where they'd get picked up, okay, for Easter holidays from boarding school and then she'd come all the way up. All the other girls and boys got picked up and she got left. Her mum or dad forgot and they had to just drive her back to Devon. Oh, could you imagine that poor girl? Tip of the iceberg though. There's some astonishing stories in that book and uh, she's not on here promoting it but I should say it is one of the most jaw-dropping reads 
Yeah. Although I would say Harry Enfield comes out of it brilliantly. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? he what really a guy. Does. What a great guy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, she thanked him for everything. No high fives. No high fives, the full hug. Right. Who you got for us, Rob? Oh, we've only got one of, I'd say, the best presenters of her generation. Big Breakfast, Motormouth, Children in Need. It's the one, the only, Gabby Roslin. I'm going to be honest. I'm very excited about this. Me and Rob will often suggest guests back and forth. And when Rob said Gabby Roslin, I've never applied yes quicker in my life. (laughs) Hello, Gabby Roslin. I don't believe you. Honestly, Gabby, he is a mega fan. I don't believe you. True. That's just you. No. Gabby, this is meant to be about parenting, but I'm, I'm mainly going to be focusing on Motormouth. Um, so, You're not um, old enough to remember that. I am, I am old enough to remember that, Gabby. Uh, it was, it was, I've just checked the dates on Wikipedia. Uh, it was 1989 to 1992. So that was, I was six to nine. Oh, my. Well, I was only, I was, I was a mere 12. It was amazing. How- <laughs> Amazing how much you did before Such 15. Such a young age, yes. <laughs> so, Gabby, well, let's start with your let's start with your your parenting. Um, let, let's get that out of the way, shall we, Rob? <laughs> yeah, go we on. Get on that, yeah, 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 yeah. Happily, yeah. I, I'm I am the embarrassing mum. I am, the, and I'm I'm proud of being the embarrassing mum, and I'll always be the embarrassing mum. How old are your children, Gabby? Uh, thirteen and nineteen. So my oldest is away at university. And she said that the, the the thing she doesn't miss is the way I wake her up in the morning. And it's it's wrong and it's abusive, but I don't care. So how do you wake her up in the morning? Well, I sit on my girls and I sing musical theatre songs. <laughs> oh, wow. Old, bold start to the day. But that's, and I'm not lying. I mean, that is honestly, if you were to ask either of them how I wake them up, They'll say, oh, we're fast asleep. My mum sits on top of us. Actually, it's really weird when I say out loud. But they're quite old, Gabby. Not old, but they're quite old for sitting on them at night. No, but I wouldn't do it if they were little. Actually, I did. (laughs) (laughs) When they were really little, I'd I'd lie down next to them and sing a musical theatre song. Mm -hmm. Now, because my 19-year-old, she's 19, she's not grown up. When she came home in lockdown, she was really happy about that after leaving home and then suddenly, come on, you're coming back. I used to go in in the morning and I'd sit on her. She'd be on her side, so I'd sit on her, properly on her legs. I'd go, poof, and I'd start singing, there are worse things I could do, or anything from any musical. (laughs) Well, what about when, you know, your daughter brings home a partner, like, would you still burst into that room? No. no. Oh my good. Oh well, maybe. Oh, mm. I, mm, I think you wouldn't the first few times. If it was a serious relationship and they've got you know been together a little while, a year or so, I think you'll start edging into that, Gabby. A year? No, no, no. It'd be after a couple of days. <laughs> Not waiting that long to be embarrassing. Um. Well, no, you're right. But actually, I, you know, I know what I do. I've I've got it. I know exactly what I'll do. I will go. You know that when you close the door and there's just not the keyhole, but the line down the side of the door. I do that. You know when you put when I'll do it on the mic. When you do that up to the door. You know when you do that to talk to somebody. And I'll start singing. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> oh my God, Gavin. <laughs> so are you doing this purely because you enjoy ruining their morning, or are you doing it? I mean, are you, do you enjoy embarrassing them? 
Yes, but also I don't take... Well, Rob has known me a long time now, but I don't take life terribly seriously. And I also think a really <laughs> nice way to start the day is to laugh and and to have your daughter... <laughs> <laughs> Look at you in the way that my 13-year-old this morning on a Monday morning, although she loves, I have to say she loves, she really does love school, which is fantastic. But this morning I lay down next to her and I started drumming a tune on her bottom. And I said, do you know what tune it is? And she went, mom. I went, no, go on. Here it is. And then she said, oh, my God, it's Grease Lightning. And I went, yes! <laughs> she does it! <laughs> what time is this? Uh, this morning it was 7 o'clock. Oh, wow. That's a pretty, pretty early start to the day, isn't it, with a Grease Lightning drummed on your ass. <laughs> Gabby, you are so full of life and energy and f- everything about you. You want to have as much fun as you can in that day. And I think it's a wonderful way to live your life. But how do you balance that? especially when the kids were younger and you were tired and worn out when they were toddlers and then you had to sort of like discipline them and things like that. How did you manage your personality in order to do that? Um, when I remember sort of, you know, saying, for goodness sake, you know, do your homework, do your homework. But then they'll shout downstairs and go, Mom, will you be quiet? And I'm going, I'm really sorry. I've just found something that's really funny. You've got to come and see that. So they'd probably say I'm not that stern. I leave that to my husband. He's okay. not that stern either, but I'll leave that to him. But you, so you don't really do any of that kind of stuff. You're just a full fun time and then he has to do all no, the... No, no, I, no. I, I suppose when it comes to being careful, that sort of thing, I'm, I'm very... I don't want them to be hurt or you know that I'm very I'm protective in that way but yeah. when my oldest one oh this is going to sound really wrong but Do I it. promise you was, perfect perfect start to any anecdote no one was hurt in the making of this story um <laughs> when my oldest one fell down the stairs and she properly fell down fell down the stairs on on her back and her bottom and she she landed at the bottom and she just then, you know, when a child sits up and goes and shakes their head because they're completely shocked. And then I said, are you okay? And she went, mommy, I fell down the stairs. And then that was it. I sat on the floor and I peed myself laughing. <laughs> and, and then she afterwards, she kept saying, and she didn't cry. And she kept saying, mommy, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, I'm really sorry, but you're okay. And that made me laugh. It, I wish I'd filmed it. <laughs> And I do. That's the thing that makes me laugh. And so they, they but if she'd been hurt, I would have been yeah. comforting and Of nice. course. Well, my, my daughter at her school, she started, she's only like four, four and a half. She came home and said, oh, well, school. she went, yeah, someone fell over and um, the teacher said, we're not allowed to laugh when someone falls over. It's not funny. And I, in my head going, well, that's incorrect. <laughs> it's my favorite it is. thing. It's it's really it's sick. I mean, I this does sound like a name drop, but on my podcast, uh, Robbie Williams was one of my first guests, and he was saying all these things that make him funny. And then he asked me, and I said, "Well, somebody walking into a tree." And he went, "I was going to say that, but I just thought it was wrong." I went, "No, somebody yeah, walking really into hurt. a tree." No, it's the funniest thing. You know. There was a show that before both of you were born um, called Not the Nine O'Clock News. And Rowan Atkinson walks along and walks into a tree. And and it made me laugh. And then the next clip is him walking along and thinking, ha ha, I'm not going to walk into the tree. He moves away from the tree and walks into a lamppost. And it is just old fashioned 
funny. Are your daughters <laughs> like you though? Like this yes. sort of sense of excitement, yes. or have they gone? Sometimes I find I've got friends of mine who parents are like you, and then the kids almost become like the adults, a bit more serious. Or have they gone followed you, or have they gone a bit more serious because you're a bit more, you know, carefree? Well, no, they both. See, my husband doesn't like the fact that we all laugh if somebody falls over or hurts himself, and. And he thinks it's really cruel. So if he is in the room <laughs> and something happens, we all have that awful feeling of where you know you you just don't want anybody to see you laughing, and you 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 bite the inside of your cheeks, and you don't want to laugh. And then and then he'll look up at it. I know you're laughing, and you have to say, <laughs> "I'm really not." And your voice gets, re- "No, I'm really not." But but they're the same. They laugh at. Oh gosh, at anything. Somebody walking into a door, somebody falling off a chair. I mean, it's those things. And was you like this when they were little, when they was a bit smaller, a bit more precious? And it's, oh, there's you know, a lot of good falling over happening then, Rob. Oh, that's, yeah, Gabby that's, must have it, loved the first five years. Oh my goodness, falling off a slide. You know, when they go, <laughs> when they come off the end of a slide and there's and they don't stop and they keep going. <laughs> I have, in fact, during lockdown, we used to get, my dad um, doesn't live too far away. He's in his 80s and um, uh, and he got, he hated it. He hated being locked up. And so we used to go and we'd play outside his front door. So he'd come to the front door and he'd wave and, you know, before you were allowed to, to see each other. And we'd talk to him from his front gate in our hour and we'd, we'd have we do be silly in the front and as uh, unsurprisingly and w- my youngest daughter loves skate <laughs> loves sk- love skateboarding <laughs> oh god love skateboarding and her older sister she tr- she was trying to teach us all how to skateboard and i was saying i can skateboard i skateboarded when i was 15 that's only a couple of years ago it's fine i can so i was skateboarding and i didn't mind taking the piss out of myself it's fine and i did fall over and i really can't skateboard anymore but my youngest daughter who's taller than her older sister um said come on i'll help you to to, to jump onto a skateboard it was great that that her little sister was holding onto her arm but nobody actually thought that you needed to to hold on to the skateboard. <laughs> She's holding on to her big sister's arm, but the skateboard, so she jumps onto the skateboard and it goes flying and the two of them end up on the floor. And I sent it to my best friend who says she thinks it's the funniest thing she's ever seen. <laughs> Gabby, um, have you ever seen a show called You've Been Framed? Because you fucking love it, mate. Oh, do you know what? When somebody goes on a rope swing and they flip off, that's just... Oh, when a, have you seen that lovely gif of a child that's on a little tractor and it falls over and the tractor ends up on their head and they get up and smile? That is just the favourite thing. I'm crying. Oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, if social services are listening, then um, all of this. None of them were her. None, None of them were her. her. No. I love it if Gabby, if Gabby said, "You've been what? What's it called, Josh?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that a go. <laughs> and 
you good news. Gabby Rosson has died from laughter <laughs> after watching 30 episodes of You've Been Framed in a Row. But you know, G- Gabby makes 10 grand a year from those 250 quid just submitting videos. <laughs> never, never lets a falling over go, go awry. She's absolutely cleaning up. Harry Hill's got a direct line. <laughs> oh, I bet you love ice, didn't you? Bit of, bit of black ice. <laughs> God, set up there's nothing funnier. Like you're waiting oh for a new iPhone release. There's a tent <laughs> oh, in front of some snippy eyes. No, I can actually tell you a li- an, a real ice story. Oh no, this is this is the best. So um we were in, you know when they do the pop-up ice rinks everywhere? Yeah. yeah. And um I, and I so I took the girls and we went with some friends of ours to the one, oh my god, Hampton Court one. Oh, I think it was Hampton yeah. Court. And we, this is a few, a few Christmases ago. And I said, come on, you're going to be fine. And my oldest daughter was really scared. So she was, <laughs> she was holding on to a penguin thing. So I said, no, you don't. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favourite. You don't need a penguin thing. I'll hold on to, <laughs> I'll hold on to you. You don't need a penguin thing. So she said, my mummy, mummy, I don't, I'm scared. I <laughs> said, so don't worry. I can ice skate. <laughs> what she said. And my husband, my husband and my young younger daughter stood there watching. I said, "Come on, this is to my eldest." She was going, "But mummy, mummy, please." I was going, "No, come on." I think she was about she was about seven, and my youngest was about two. I said, "No, no, no, come on, hold my hand." So we started going really, we started going really slowly around, and she went, "Oh, this is okay. This is." So I said, shall I let go now? And she said, she said, she said if I can hold on to the side. I said, no, no, let go of the side. And my friends are watching and they're filming. And I was going, come on. And I was being really encouraging. I said, you're fine. So I said, come on, do you like me? And I shot off. I went flying and I spun around and around and around the middle. And my daughter then fell as well. And all there is is this footage of the two of us on our front spinning. <laughs> and she's crying out of it. She's so scared. And all I can do is laugh. She's so scared. So eventually, I crawled over to her and I said, don't worry, darling, everything's fine. And she just looked at me and she went, Mummy, sometimes you can't laugh if somebody falls over. And that made it even worse. And then we tried to get up. And there is nothing funnier than trying to get up when you're lying flat on your face on the ice and lots of people are watching. And so I said to her, just smile it out. It's fine. Just smile it out. We then fell the whole time and we've got the footage. I must I must play it about a hundred times a month. Gabby, <laughs> can, suge- can I suggest something? I've got a conspiracy here that I think you may lead your family into perilous situations <laughs> with always a camera on the go in your own sort of semi-autobiographical prank show where, oh, no, it's only- let's go and see Grandad. Bring the, bring the skateboard. <laughs> Mind that banana pill I've left on the floor, kids. <laughs> Do you know we tried that? We tried that the in Home Alone. <laughs> no, we tried it in the big on the big breakfast or show like that. We tried to do see whether you really can slip on a banana skin. Yeah, and I don't don't think you really can. It's the Although angriest I'm not I've ever you. heard you. You're absolutely livid. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> How dare it not yeah. work? The money you spent on banana skins on your stairs for your kids to go on. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
Um, so sometimes you wonder what it is about someone's sense of humour that leads them to start their career in kids' television. But I've kind of managed to nail it with you, Gabby. <laughs> Do you know what? When I was a child, I was exactly the same. And when I was a child at three, I used to say I wanted to be a TV presenter. There was nothing ever, ever, ever that I wanted to do apart from be a TV presenter. And people used to say, why? And it was, I promise you, hand on my heart, it was never all fame or any of that rubbish. It was because I, I said, well, because it makes me laugh and I want to make everybody laugh. But not as a comedian like you guys. I just, I just thought kids' telly was just a laugh and you'd have a laugh and you want other kids to laugh. I bet you absolutely love. Do you just? I mean, I suppose your kids are too old now, but I bet you loved it when you were watching it with them. Yeah, but there's not kids telly. There's not Saturday morning telly like there used to be. Preaching to the choir here, there Gabby. isn't that sort of telly, and I love it. And I think they should be. They should bring all of that sort of thing back. I really do. I think it's a real shame that there's no anarchic, mad television. Everything's a little bit too straight. Yes, I, I do agree I with that. I think, you know, I they, we can't just have people falling over all the time, though. But as, as Josh said, I would redirect you to You've Been Framed. You yes. must have loved Gunge, Gabby. You must have absolutely <laughs> loved Gunge. Well, we did it on Motormouth. There's a thing called Gungeum in the Dungeon. Oh. I think I was gunged. I think I have been gunged. Oh, I bet you can't get enough of being gunged. That sounds exactly up your street. But we got to do some mad things on kids' telly. I did Air Sea Rescue uh, in the English Channel, and they took me a mile out, and they said, we'll just drop you here. And I had the flotation devices and everything, and they said, don't worry, we can hear you. Um, You've got a mic. And I went, okay, fine. And then I see the, the boat going away, and it keeps going, it keeps going, and I thought, oh, my God. I'm here on my own. So I started talking to myself, as you do, because I thought, oh, God, at least they can hear me. Everything's fine. I'm like, what, what if there's a shark? And I was, I, I was out on my own, and I knew that the helicopter was going to come and rescue me. But, but then, next thing I see, and this isn't a lie, the microphone floated away. And I thought, how are they going to find me? And then I heard, and there was a C-Link ferry behind me. Oh. And then I saw a helicopter and the man walking on the water and he, because he's dangling below. And I got so excited that I forgot all the rules they said to me. They said, whatever you do, don't open your mouth and shout because the water will come up into your mouth from the helicopter blades and, <laughs> and keep your arms down when they strap the rope around you. So I'm there and I'm going, ah, ah, and I'm, Thought, oh no, I'm gonna drown! I'm gonna drown! I was still laughing, and I thought, oh my god, oh my god! I got the water. I can't see anything because the water's going in my face. There's a sea link ferry. There's a man walking towards me. On he's dangling below a helicopter, and he slipped the rope over my arms, and he's looking at me, and I'm just hysterical. And then I put my arms down, and I started kissing his helmet. And don't know, it's not no, you know what I mean. And I kept kissing him and kissing him, and was so relieved. I was terrified, and I thought, oh, this is the most terrifying thing. We got to the top of the helicopter and I just was looking at all of these people at Air Sea Rescue and I was like, oh, that was unbelievable, that was unbelievable, can we do it again? And they let me do it again. <laughs> I've never been so scared, but it was fantastic. See, that's what you do on kids' exactly. telly. That's a bit of fun, isn't it? Also, as well, I love the fact that they had to tell you not to scream because of the helicopter blades because it makes you drown. But, like, if you were getting rescued, you wouldn't have had that briefing. So imagine drowning no, on the helicopter blade water <laughs> once you'd been <laughs> but rescued. They, but they probably... <laughs> 
they probably don't go that close because there's no camera filming. Them. Yes, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> they, um, when you work in kids' tally, Gabby, other people that work in kids' tally, are you like, are you slagging off the kids? You uh, like, you know how there's like a in hospitals they talk about their kind of there'll be quite a dark sense of humour behind it. Is the sense of humour between all the adults and stuff, is that much more kind of the opposite? Josh, can I gonna stop you there? Is that your dishwasher finishing? That is my dishwasher finishing its cycle. <laughs> I love that. I was worried it was your smoke alarm. No, no. What a pro. It will plough on through the blaze. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do right. I'll run out, fall over, Gabby will love it. Yes! <laughs> Um, but yeah, is that, is that, it's all right though. What, what, are the, what are the kids' TV presenters like? Is it a bit um, more uh, like crazier behind the scenes because they're, they're such a like? Or do they take it like really seriously? Are people going? I actually think the no. gun should uh, fall from this this place because that's actually funnier. Or is it? Do you know what? Let's be honest. I was working with the genius that is Neil Buchanan, and oh, yeah. what's he like? He is a god. He's a god. <laughs> that's I what love I want to hear. <laughs> He started off in a rock band and now and he could paint anything with anything. And to work with him, he was my first TV husband. I did Kids Telly for two years before Motormouth. It was just me and some puppets. And then I'd had my first TV husband was Neil Buchanan. And then I went to Chris Evans as the TV husband. So I was pretty lucky. I heard you could confirm this, that Neil Buchanan is the most difficult person to book in the world because he's so rich because Art Attack has been sold everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Do you know the wonderful thing about Neil is, and I still call him Nelly B, but are you, but when I ring, when, when, and I, um, but whenever I'll text him suddenly out the blue, I'll WhatsApp him and it will just be, what was her name? So that will be it. Randomly, the other day, I couldn't remember someone's name and I haven't spoken to him for maybe six months. So I just, I WhatsApped him, what was her name? And I swear to you, on my life, he came back with Janie Grace and that's the woman who was our producer or head of children's who who uh, offered me the job and he knew who I was talking about well you just, just sent him the text what's her na- what was her name yeah what was her name <laughs> I wish I could I could screenshot it and send it to you because I swear that is absolutely the god's honest truth wow so you so then I phoned him up and I just I swore a lot just go how did you what on earth have you just done how did you know he said I've no idea I just thought that's who you might be talking about <laughs> Okay. Wow! What a connection with <laughs> Nelly B. Connection is that that? Um, so, did was he doing Art Attack when you were doing Motormouth with him? Yeah, yeah. Is he really he rich was. from it as well, Gabby? Is that true? Or, Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I don't ask it. That'd be really weird. Yeah, like, Gabby, I've Neil, heard he's the richest really man rich? in the world. <laughs> but not richer than Bezos. Look, let's be honest. Yes. No offense to Neil Buchanan, yeah. but if he weren't wading, <laughs> he'd be doing the jungle by now. <laughs> Let's look at it that way, yeah? If he's, if he's invested well, the geezer. Let's just say Do like you know that. what? He'd be good in the jungle, wouldn't he? Oh, think what? He'd arrange the twigs oh. into a big picture of the Queen or something. Oh, It'd be amazing. Yes. Um, have your kids seen your telly stuff, Gabby? Or was it that? Yeah. 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 What, what stuff? Yeah. What stuff are, did they watch? Because the kid, they would have been too young or not born with the kids stuff. Well, no, they? they weren't born when the kids stuff or the big breakfast was on. But uh, my youngest was around when I did Children in Need and she loved it. But they they watch it the magic of YouTube, and they just go, Mum, you're, you're mad. That's But they're used to it. So there's nothing really surprising. And even, weirdly, sort of City Hospital, there was somebody sent me a link to something on City Hospital, which was a daytime show I did. And um, it took place in the hospital, live show, and we'd go from 
very heavy, serious things happening on the wards to I'd get the doctors doing the can-can in the corridors. And and my kids, they somebody sent me a clip and I showed them and they went, Mum, you didn't actually do that. Yeah, why? And they went, you've got the doctors. There are really serious things going on, Mum, in the world. I mean, yeah, but that's why you've got to do the can-can. <laughs> How do you, because Gabby, like, cause I, how do you manage this sort of like, you have a quite a carefree, fun attitude with like the admin of having kids, you know, a teenage daughter's going to school and all that and, you know, packing the school bags so they've got all the right stuff. Like, are you quite organised with it? Or is that something your husband does more of? Or can you still do both? Well. And be on it as a mum as well as having a laugh? Here's the thing that you two won't have the joy of. They actually pack their own school bags now. <laughs> all right. At 13 and 19, you don't have to do it anymore. You just tapped out. You don't have to do it. There were, but I remember that that mad rush. I mean, there. Were, I suppose you you asked if I get um, if I get irritable or annoyed. My favourite sound and their least favourite is: Have you brushed your teeth yet? Brush your hair. Brush your teeth. Brush your hair. Brush your teeth. So that will be my. That's the cry of the morning. Oh, really? Always. Are you you must be quite a good morning person, then, Gabby. I am. I am annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have a problem with the early mornings? I suppose you've been getting up at like no. 3 a.m. for the big breakfast anyway. So kids yeah. was a blessed relief. I'm, I really am the person who I don't like to go to sleep at night because I don't want the day to end. And I'm, I don't mind getting up early because I want the next day to start. And I have awful things happen as well. It's not all, you know, I've had horrible things happen in my life. But, um, but also I do see, I do like to see the joy in everything. And what what do you use that if you are feeling like a bit overwhelmed or you get a bit down? Is there is there, is there things that you will talk to yourself about to do or, or and things like that to sort of readdress it, or is it yeah. just that you just naturally? I you know? I'm probably naturally a. I, I've always been a. Probably wouldn't mean anything, but if you there's a thing there's a book years ago called Pollyanna, and she always played the glad game, and and I always used to be called Mary Poppins or Pollyanna when I was a child because I like to see the the joy in the silliest of things. But of course I get really down. I remember, I give you, and I don't want to bring it down, but when mum died 23 years ago of cancer and dad had cancer at the same time. And I remember doing interviews afterwards and uh, whatever show I was doing. And they all say, oh, I'm so sorry about the loss of your mum. I said, yeah, so am I. I mean, it's, she was very young and I was young when I lost her. And um, they always used to say, oh, uh, you're always, you always say, oh, I'm so lucky or I love life. And I said, yeah. And I always used to say to every journalist, I'm so sorry. I love life. And when mum died, I realized I was never going to apologize again because life's too short. And it sounds sort of quite a deep thing to say, but I'm not apologizing for loving life. And my mum didn't live as long as she should have. She died early sixties. And I wish that she was still around, but I'm going to enjoy every moment because we're not you know, we're not here forever. So I, that's where I really do feel that about life. Well, I think, I think in a way as well, because really that, what, what happened to you is, is one of the worst things that can happen to you is losing such a close person yeah, to you. Exactly. That you sort yeah. of think, well, the worst things happen now, so I'm just going to enjoy it because, you know, I think sometimes the anxiety of stuff happening can sort of stress people out and drag them down more and they forget to have fun. And I think, you know, it's, you know, it's a, such a great way to live your life. And it's, you're so infectious, Gabby. Whenever I speak to you or I've met up with you afterwards, I feel like a little buzz, a little glow. And I think that's such a powerful thing to have. And hence why you were so good on telly as well as in, in real life, because that comes across and, and it makes people happy and feel full of joy. I love TV. I love TV. There is nothing. Actually, that's the one thing in lockdown 
that um, I always, always, always used to say for years, so it's, I'm going into my 34th year of it now, and I always said um, that I am addicted to and I'm obsessed with telly. And I decided in lockdown, there was a sort of moment, realization that I love it. And actually, I'm going to use that word and I don't care. I don't care if people think that's stupid or pathetic. I don't really care. I I love it. I love television. Deeply love it. Of course, I love my family. But I love television. <laughs> they do ask. Yeah. They say, Mum, where do we come? I go, now, don't be silly. You know the answer. Yeah. So on that, like, cause did you have, like, rules about them, like, watching TV or? No. No. No, I, I, what I don't want them to see, and actually I still don't like the idea of them seeing anything that's... Art attack. <laughs> no art attack at all. Um, I don't want them watching, and I think when they were younger as well, I didn't want anything that was about cruelty, uh, was about nasty. I didn't, you know, nudity, we're all naked. You know, I didn't want them to see... I, I want to protect them from the, the horrible things, and I think there are some really nasty things that you can find in films and TV shows. And when they're older, they can make that decision themselves. So I think that was the only thing. And they loved telly. My youngest one grew up on Mary Poppins and um, Balamori. Mm -hmm. And my uh, younger one, that was my oldest one, my younger one loved um, In the Night Garden. In fact, we were talking about the Ninky Nonk just the other day. And Maka Paka. I can't stand in the night garden. Upsy daisy. I'm not a fan of doing the night garden, Gabby. I'm sorry. I just I can't do it. I don't get it. No. I feel like I need to be on drugs. Um, and uh, have you had any sort of big falling outs with your daughter, especially going through teenage years? It's when they start wanting their own sort of um, own decision making and going out and seeing people and things like that. Luckily, uh, no. But we did. I mean, my oldest one. The, the weirdest thing is. That, and I'm and everybody I ever talked to about it. There are two extraordinary things that happen when you have girls uh, that they turn the light off. They say, "No, no, mummy, love you, love you," and they come out the next morning. And go, oh, for God's sake, you just don't understand me. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but it's as quick as that, and you just think. What did I understand? You said, no, no, mummy, love you. And now I don't understand you. Um, and I remember being like that myself. Yeah. So I was going to say, was... what were you like as a teenager, Gabby? Because I can't imagine you being kind of full of teenage anxiety. Oh, no, I was desperate. I, I talk about this all the time. So I was desperately, desperately shy. And I still am. So I, as a child and as a teenager, even though I was this... Um, Giggly. I giggled all the time. I loved to giggle and I always got told off for talking and giggling but at school. But I desperately shy. So as a teenager, it it, it became unbearable shyness at that's sort of 15. That's exactly how I was, Gabby. But I think both yeah. on paper now, people wouldn't assume that about us. Oh. But how, what, so what was it? How did you go from that shy teenager to now, you know, a biggest TV presenter star full of confidence, full of energy? What, what well, I'm helped? not because I'm still, no, I still, I'm still very shy. And I've, I've, I know that you and I have had this conversation, Rob, but I, if, if I, if my husband says, oh, so-and-so has invited us to a house party, I will just, no. And I'll say, no, there is, no. And then we'll go and I will, I will follow David to the loo because I don't want to be left on my own because sometimes that very shy me is still there. Yeah. And actually, I've just learned now in the past few years to be loud and proud about it because nobody talks about shyness. And I think it's a, it's a, it was debilitating at 15. I'd go to a party and I remember um, a guy who I ended up going out with for a short time years later, 
he was talking to me and I just, he said, you okay? And I just thought, my mouth won't open. And it just wouldn't open because I was so shy. And then I went into the loo and I looked in the mirror and I went, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. And then I go back out there. And his name was Anthony, lovely guy. And um, he said, what's the matter? And I just went, oh, I'm shy. And then he said, have you always been told you're shy? And I said, yes. And he said, well, maybe you're not shy. And I said, but I am. And actually, yes, I was always told I was shy, but I knew I was. And I just didn't have, I, as, I just was shy. I knew that's what it was. It was a sort of knot in my stomach. And uh, Rob, I don't know if it's the same for you. As a certain age, you just, oh God, there's nothing worse than having to face people yeah. and talk. And, and how oh. do you both end up being performers in that situation I don't like that most performers are like that most of the people I've ever interviewed in my 34 years <laughs> have said the same thing they've all yeah. said the same thing I, I used to get shy. a knot in my stomach so say there was a class outing or something there'd be a knot in my stomach all night and I was anxiety about it because it was different to like just being in school and then I'd pretend to be ill so I didn't have to go and I'd all be yeah. all worked up and sort of worried about going somewhere and then just not go and and I think uh, with that sort of shyness and lacking that confidence, I think in a way it's that you. I, no, I, I was always like you, giggling, laughing, trying to be funny, making jokes, but on my own terms in a sort of comfort bubble of my family or close friends. But then even stand up, essentially, I'm, I'm still being shy because I'm basically controlling that whole world where I come out and talk to someone in a in an environment where you sit there and listen, and I stand here and talk. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. Stuff. And then yeah. as time went on, I got less shy and got more confident in myself. But it was a slow process. I don't know if it's the same for you, Gabby. Well, it's weird. I tell you, the the weirdest story that I always say, and it and so I've been with my husband for fifteen years, and um, when we were first going out, I we were invited by a charity to go to uh, an event at the Albert Hall on the Sunday night. The Saturday night, we uh, David had asked me to go to a party of somebody I'd never met, and I just I was in tears. I said, "Please don't make me. Please, please, please don't make me." And he was, okay, okay. I mean, I, I just don't know anybody there. I, I can't do this. I just can't do this. And um, afterwards, he said, oh, that was the best party. I said, I'm so pleased. I said, I hope you understand. And he did. He, you know, I told him I'm very shy. I just couldn't handle it. And then the next night we were at the Albert Hall and uh, it was one of the charities that I'm patron of. And we were there and, and they came up to me about 10 minutes beforehand and they said, the MC has got food poisoning would you mind hosting the event? I mean, yeah, no problem. And his face was, what? Yeah. And I said, I'll be back. I'll come back and see you in the interval. So I went backstage and I went out on the Albert Hall and hosted a two and a half hour show in the Albert Hall with no script and didn't know what was happening because I wasn't meant to be doing it. And I loved every moment and then came back in the interval. And his honestly, his sort of jaw was on the floor and he said, what? <laughs> what? You just couldn't come to my mate's party last night I said, that's different yeah. this is what this is me this is what I love to do so is that what, is that what you're funny. like Rob yeah so like for me like so when Gabby said that I went oh for me that's a better out better outcome of it like if, I'd rather do that on the fly than go oh we're going to a family friends barbecue and there'll be 50 people there you sort of don't really know and I'll just be like oh god like, and that's not that's not because now I do a bit of sort of telling yeah. stuff that would be before that growing up it's like oh these new people have but when I got a bit older you could go to the pub and drink I sort of got a bit of confidence through the drink because it calmed your nerves sort of yeah. to talk to people but to go into that that kind of situation sober and just talk to people uh, it makes my sort of my shoulders go up straight away but like you say oh can you go and help us out and do that 
hosting an event there, I'd be all over that like Gabby was. But it's, it's, it's strange, isn't it? And do you see it in your, it your kids at all? Like, do you um, think they're shy? No, they're very, no, they're not. They're very, do you know what? It's really weird. I was just thinking about a word to, to describe my girls and I'd say they're very caring. They're very caring and they're very considerate. Wasn't that a nice thing to suddenly realize? Yeah, they're really caring and considerate, I, and they're not—they're not outgoing. Mm. But I wouldn't say they had the—they don't have the shyness that I had. Thank goodness. I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of people would see both of you two as like you know big personalities, people that have got absolutely no fear, and I think that's a really interesting thing that you know people wouldn't. Yeah, but I knew that even as a child. I see. I even when I was three and I watch Blue Peter and I pretended I was one of the presenters I knew that I was shy but I knew that that's what I wanted to do yeah I remember when I was one of my earliest memories was being at a kid's house for a party and I was so shy to ask where the toilet was I shit myself (laughs) (laughs) and I remember what I did was it was a game that when you pressed it it would make a sound so I basically used to press that when it made the sound I'd start shitting (laughs) <laughs> to cover up the noise. How many times did you do it? I, How could I kept you? on letting a little bit out at a time. Oh, no. like, that is, oh my God, that is oh. a terrible first memory, isn't it? Oh, wow. Oh, oh my God. A therapist would have a field day with that. Yeah, it feels like your whole, <laughs> your whole life has been a revenge mission for that memory, Rob. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh imagine, my god! Because imagine it like also like now because like imagine what, if my daughter come home for a party. Don't do that now. Please no, but don't like, do that now. like at the time, if my daughter come home and I said, "Oh, what happened?" She was like, "I was too scared to ask where the toilet was, so I did a poo and used the toy to cover up the noise." I'd be mortified. Yes. <laughs> what did you? Did you ever do, tell Rob? your parents? Um, yes. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I can't remember. I think I just went to. In the end, I think someone said, found the toilet. Paper. I went there and I sort of just sorted myself out. But but it's weird to be that shy and then go from that to you know, doing what you do. But it's just, it's a different skill, I think. But I'll, but I'll walk into, I will talk, because I walk everywhere and I, I bore everybody rigid about it. But I if I can, I walk sort of seven miles a day. And, but and I'll talk to anybody. And if I have anybody walking with me, the kids always go, mum, you can't. I go, yes, I can. And actually, yeah. most people want to talk. I literally, anything, if I see somebody crying, I'll always go and see if they're okay. Okay, nowadays, obviously, you have to, be careful you don't go too close to somebody. But but I will when I used to get the tube everywhere and people would often look at me and go, Oh, how come you're on the tube? Well, how come you're on the tube? And I where are you going? And then I'll start talking to them. And I've got tubes people I've got people singing on the tube. <laughs> I've got everybody laughing. I've got I've done it. Yeah. I've done it all. I'm not gonna lie, Gabby. I would absolutely hate that if someone did that on the tube. No, do you know what? I'll tell you, there were two things that happened. There was a guy, I was on the overground and the guy, it was really rude to me. And he just said, what are you doing on the, what are you doing here? This isn't for people like you, you celebrities. You're not supposed to, you're meant to have a chauffeur driven car. And I said, what do you mean I'm meant to have a chauffeur driven car? And he said, well, you, the, this is not for you. I said, yes, it is. It's for everybody. And then all these people started joining in. And I said, yeah, I'm going to really annoy you now because we're all going to sing together. And this guy, he just looked and he said, he said, um, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm going to sing. I'm going to get everybody singing because I'm really annoying you now. So we did. Do you know what we sung? What? The most annoying thing I could think of. <laughs> Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Oh my God, everyone, not everybody joined in, but a lot of people did. 
And do you know what he did? He swore at me, kept swearing at me, and he got off for the next uh, stop. And when he got off, everybody cheered and clapped. And that's a true <laughs> <Amazing>. story. <laughs> I do think though, maybe that's like if you are shy, like to try and overcome it. We we both just went right. What is the worst thing I could do? Like, because if I'm a bit embarrassed to talk to someone at a, a, a barbecue and their family friend, what's the worst thing I could do? Go up on stage and do it. And it was I was really nervous and stuff when I first started doing all that presenting and stand up and stuff. But I think you sort of counteract it by doing the worst thing you could do. And I was, for you, like if you were shy, the worst thing to do is go and speak to a stranger in the street. You sort of owned it and then not allowed it to be the thing that scares you in yeah. a way. But actually, no, I think it's because I'm incredibly nosy as well. <laughs> Fair enough. Just very nosy. When I was a child, people used to, I used to sit on the bus and people would say, oh my God, I think my husband's going to leave me as a child. And people still do it now. So people have always told me things, always. So I just made a career out of people telling me things, I suppose. <laughs> um, and what, would you like your kids to do TV or do you reckon they'll go on their own path, uh, Gabby? Well, my oldest uh, wants to be a primary school teacher and that's all she's wanted to do oh. since she was three. Oh, that's nice. And my youngest wants to be an actress and that's fine if that's what she wants to do. And she wants to only do comedy. Oh, brilliant. Oh. Like physical comedy, like falling over, stuff like that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> also, I don't know if you put videos up of your kids, but if you want to send us those uh, falling over videos, no. we can put them on Instagram. I never have done. I think they would kill me. Fair that enough. Skateboarding I don't one. either, so I totally understand. Well, if you want to like recreate them and act it out yourself, oh, Gabby, happily, then. I'll do that. We'll do a GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah, if the three of us can go skateboarding together, I'm very happy to reenact that moment. <laughs> With pleasure. What a random thing to put on Instagram. Us three falling <laughs> over on a skateboard. Um, Rob, you've always got, a, you, you have a question you like to ask everyone. Well, yes, Gabby, um, this is an opportunity for you now because sometimes things frustrate you about the way your partner can parent. So is there something that your uh, your fella does that frustrates you with parenting that you couldn't say to his face about kicking off, but you can say now and hopefully he may hear and, and adjust his oh, ways. It, it's, just something, it's your opportunity now to... Something that, you know, it's a fair comment, but there's never a right time. Oh, I know. Well, it's it, interestingly, you had dishwasher stuff going on. It's to do with the dishwasher. Mm. Okay. He always, he has to load the dishwasher. When we put anything in the dishwasher, he takes it out and redoes it. <laughs> oh, right. That, yeah. Yep. So if he could stop doing that, and the kids, you know, they put their plates on the side and then he'll say, can you put them in the dishwasher? So we'll put them in the dishwasher. And then I hear that noise and I've crept up and I've looked in the kitchen, we have a very small kitchen. I've crept around the corner and I found him taking it out of the bloody dishwasher and re-putting it in. Oh, there's nothing that annoys me more it's than wrong. a dishwasher rearranger. No, but also he's anal about the dishwasher. I know. Oh, but he's got that's that's that is a pathetic way to live your life. He sounds like a very different character to you, Gary. He sounds like I can't imagine you getting upset about the arrangement of a dishwasher. Well, put it this way, when he, whenever he's been out or away or something and he went away, he took our youngest skiing because I, I the skiing thing I don't get. I'll do zip wiring and air sea rescue skiing, no. but I would have thought being on a ski slope would be an absolute, no. be like a child in a sweet shop, Gabby. <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. You put two bits of long things on your feet. And you fl fly down the mountain, slide down. No, if you're going to fall, that's fine. <laughs> not the sliding down. No, don't like it. I like the bit at the top. I like to stand at the top. It's lovely. Don't don't like. I like the ski lift. All that. No. So he went away, and you know what? I rung him up, and I was giggling. He went, "What is it?" I went, "I've just loaded the dishwasher, and I put it on all by myself, and it's all higgledy pickledy, and nobody can know." And he was pissing himself laughing. <laughs> 
Just like put a pint glass the right way up, full, just oh, fill with murky water. Most people ring up and go, oh, I decided to get really pissed tonight and I've had my friends around, I've got takeaways. And, no, it was the dishwasher! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you need to have a bit of balance, the yin to your yang, isn't it, Gabby? Exactly. He's also pretty mad, though. He'll suddenly start doing stupid voices. He's nothing to do with the industry, and I actually I think that's probably a very good thing. Yes, I think so. But did, what does he do? Does he work in sort? Of, he doesn't do any sort of creative sort of stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he's a bit of both. He's a he's a he's a very clever guy, but he's a, he's more he can do the academic side as well as the creative side. Academic and me. Mm-mm. I can't imagine you helping a, a, your children with their homework. Yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> How was homeschooling with your 13-year-old? What happened? Please talk me through the Gabby Roslin schedule of homeschooling. Did you bother? I'm hoping I haven't, I'm hoping I haven't just no, upset I'm her, Rob. No, I'm laughing because you're so right. He did all of the homework and I did. I never do that. I'm not very good at that. I'm not. <laughs> no. I'm quite... I, but no, the drama. I help them with their drama. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's a tough one. That's a tough one yeah. for you. Yeah, and um, English. No, I like the English. So I love all the anything to do with with English literature. I I love all of that. So I help them with that, and I help them with the art, and I help them with the. I'm laughing just because. What it's was so the true. schedule though, Gabby, for the homeschooling? So I imagine you. Well, actually, they're very lucky because my oldest was at university, so she did a few lectures online, and the my youngest um, school was three to uh, four every day online. Online. Oh, okay. Oh, so nice. you're lucky there. Nailed it. When you're when you're teaching them art. Do you ever go, I know literally the richest artist in the world, you can speak to him, <laughs> Mr. Neil yes. Buchanan? You know what? I actually, all jokes aside, during uh, the lockdown, I said to my oldest, well, should we speak to Neil and ask him if, he, if he'll if he do a lesson with our youngest um, and see if, if he'll do that? And she just looked at me, she went, you're going to ring up Neil Buchanan <laughs> and say... <laughs> Can you teach my youngest art? I went, yeah, it's a good idea, isn't it? <laughs> she just, honestly, she just thought I'd gone completely mad. Oh, Gabby, you've been so good. It's been Thank an you so pleasure. much. I think Thank you should you write Gabby. a book, Gabby, about how to live life because I think you've got yeah. it nailed. Oh, bless you. You're so lovely. I, you know, Rob, I completely adore you. Josh, I do, and I've never met you. I really no, do. No, but it's an absolute love pleasure to speak to you. And what's your podcast, Gabby? I, I was on an episode of it. You've got... It's not out yet, Rob. You're one. They've um, they've started with the big names. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I, he was on the... He was absolutely... I texted him ages ago to ask him, because I asked him to do everything, because I absolutely... I'm going to embarrass him now, because he doesn't like it. But I adore Rob. I think he's... The most wonderful, glorious I've seen him do is like I'm actually I might be your stalker because yeah. I've been to all his shows. My husband's come along to his shows. But he, my but family does know come my to love. A lot. And my mates go, why does Gabby Rossley always come to your shows? <laughs> I, I, I'm actually doing a Zoom lesson for Gabby's daughters about comedy next week. She's got me lined up. After <laughs> you can. And, and what's the name of your podcast, Gabby, for people to go and listen to? Thank you. It's that Gabby Roslin podcast. It's that simple. Brilliant. Robbie Williams lined up. Dame Judy Dench is an absolute banger of a podcast. Thank you so much, Gabby. Cheers, Bless Gabby. You. You Thanks, guys. Thank you. Gabby Roslin, what a woman, Josh. Amazing. I didn't feel it was on brand to discuss the big breakfast, but there was so much oh. I wanted to discuss the big breakfast. It was absolutely mad. I felt like a right little nerd going, oh, but what about your kids? And she's talking about sea rescues. I know. You're kind of going... Are we missing the lead here? Do you know what I mean? Are we completely missing what... I know it's a parenting podcast. Is everyone at home going, I can't wait for more Neil Buchanan stories? And we're going, 
Do you have a problem disciplining your children? <laughs> also, it's like she she said she told about three stories about her kids falling over that she's got on video that we can't see, but it oh. still works. About so funny. I know you're like. I'm not sure how I'm enjoying someone describing someone falling over, but I am enjoying it. (laughs) When you said, have you heard of You've Been Framed? You'll love it. I nearly lost my mind. (laughs) (laughs) She's the great lost You've Been Framed host. She should have been doing that. You know, someone's on weed and they're really high and giggly, but that's her entire (laughs) life. It's like that. She's because I actually, the reason why I know her is basically I used to do go on a radio show and do little funny stories when it was on BBC Radio London. Mm. And then I got offered a pilot for Absolute Radio and uh, I said, oh, do you mind helping me out, like put it together and advice on doing a show? And she went, of course. And she took me to lunch, bought my lunch, gave me so much advice about how to do radio and broadcasting ideas. What and stuff. top tips? Just basically, if you can fall over on air, you'll be great. <laughs> uh, that was more like just relax and be you and also try and involve like make the audience feel like they're part of a little gang and and do you know what more than anything she was so full of really it was just like to go in there and be myself but like she calmed me down because she was so positive and full of energy and you know yeah. enthusiastic it just made me feel so much better but she didn't need to do that no you know she just did that she was being a nice person and stuff so and we really hit it off and sort of been friends since but yeah she's she's such a lovely lady but she's like that all the and she does walk she walks ever on her Instagram. She just walks. She just leaves her house, listens to a podcast, or walks for about five hours. It just chats to people. I'm, I'm absolutely following her Instagram straight away, mainly in case there's any videos of people falling over. Well, also though, I, 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 the, I would put myself as a number one Gabby Rosin fan, but I would have been absolutely furious of her singing Mary Poppins on the Jew. Yeah, of course, that's absolutely unacceptable behaviour. That's you know when people talk about how people don't talk to each other on public transport in London. I think yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, this is my time on my own. I don't want someone seeing Mary Poppins in my face, whether well, they've been good. on the Big Breakfast or not. It's kind of a weird thing though to be angry at someone for using the tube. Normally it's the other way. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, reckon yourself. I'm going to say it. I think he had, he had other issues going on as well. <laughs> yeah. What's what's this really about? <laughs> I think it's also that sh- that shy stuff's really interesting, and I think it will be really, you know, that will speak to a lot of um of our listeners. I think. Yeah. Well, I can't even really explain why. Really, I just was a really shy, nervous kid, and then uh, I've just sort of I I think I just love comedy, and I really wanted to do comedy. But I didn't want my shyness to stop me doing it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, because I, I remember like when I was 18, I'd just like be too scared to go in a pub on my own. I have to wait outside for to meet my friends to walk in with them because I never wanted oh, to wow. walk in a venue on my own. But from touring, like I would eat alone in a restaurant at eight o'clock, wouldn't care. I'd go yeah, into which pub. Which is I'd really talk- unprofessional because that's when your show starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm normally half hour late, really. I've all fit down. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I was on Wagamama's on my own. <laughs> a couple of Rennies in the interval, I'm raring to go. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I, I can talk to anyone now, really. But I, I do think, though, sometimes I go into a bit more of a Rob Show mode uh, headspace, yeah. though. But, um, but, yeah, it's just – but also, people grow up and they're different. The person you are at 14, a fifth, like you say, you're never the same person throughout your whole of your life. You evolve, you change. I love stand-up and I think I'll do stand-up forever, but I wouldn't be surprised in 50 or, when I'm 50 or 60, I'll just open a shop or something and just do something else. I, I remember think... Ed Gamble, that's Ed Gamble said that to me before the week and I was quite chilled about it. He was like, how are you so relaxed about it? I went, well, the thing is, Ed, I've got a few jokes. I'll say, if they work, they work. If they don't, they don't. And if I can't do this anymore, I'll open a shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> what would your shop be? Uh, Beckett's Baps, Sandwiches. Just sell sandwich shop. Little sandwich shop is quite an easy thing. And also, I've never eaten a sandwich I couldn't have made better myself. Do you... 
Have you? I've never eaten a sound and thought I couldn't have made that better. No, I mean that. Do you think? Do you think you do some trades because you were the guy that used to be on Mock the Week? Do you think some people would come oh, in purely yeah, for the I'll night? Yeah, a couple of gags. I'll have like, yeah. That kind of, but they all be named. Would they all be renamed after different panel shows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of some now, but I can't. But if anyone wants to write in with the, the menu for Beckett's Bat, yeah. what I lie to you is, a, is basically tuna surprise, but it's salmon. <laughs> um. So. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, talking to Gabby Roslin. It's also very exciting. It's very exciting when someone knows Neil Buchanan. Oh, having Neil Buchanan on speed dial, I bet his kids' artwork's so good. I was going to say, that'd be a good good question for Neil Buchanan would be, when your kid had art homework, did, was you just tempted just to, just, you know, <laughs> What is it? How, how, where do you draw the line? Because I think if my kids start doing stand-up... Well, drawing the line is one of the things he's so good at. <laughs> But if my kids did stand up, I find it so hard not to give them advice of what to do. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but after 12 years of doing it, I do know best if they've just started. Yes. I know exactly what you need. I may not be able to do it every time, but I know exactly what you need to do <laughs> at that point. But it's very difficult for Neil Buchanan's son to submit for their art GCSE a 50-foot picture of a bicycle made up of bicycle <laughs> parts on a lawn. Yeah, where, where's your, where's your coursework? Um, come to the park. Follow me. Have you got um, scaffolding and a, and a 20-foot ladder? Um, thank you to Gabby. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll be back on Friday with, uh, you know... Some more Instagrams correspondence, I'd say. We've got a lot to get through. So yeah. I see bangers coming in. Um, yeah, so yeah. we'll see you on Friday. Get us an Instagram, get us an email. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.